I want to take you to a quick scripture in the book of John. Uh, any Johns in here today? No? All right, we'll pray for John and that he comes next week. Um, we're going to turn to the, the book of 1 John. 1 John. And there's a, there's a classic John scripture. You may have heard of it. And it goes like this. For God so lo- loved, loved, loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. And I want to take you to um, another passage, similar vein, said differently, but it is of a similar vein. It's 1 John chapter 4, verse 7 to 10. Um, there's a guy, John, who's written this, and he's, um, he was uh, one of the disciples of Jesus. So he was there with Jesus when he was on the earth. And John, um, John writes this letter in 1 John, which we believe is to the Ephesian church, and he's writing to the Ephesians. And they're kind of in the middle of a bit of dysfunction and disunity and division, and they're kind of fighting, and they've uh, kind of lost their way. And John, he is, um, he is in the latter end of his life. He's an older man. He's an experienced man. He knows the people he's writing to, and they know him. And so he kind of doesn't mix his words. He, he doesn't waste words. He says what he means, and he means what he says. And so John, Grandpa John, is writing to the Ephesians. And it's, it's kind of like of everything that's going on, of all the confusion, of all the things they're talking about and worried about and unsure about. John writes this almost to summarize and remind them what it's all really about. They've kind of lost what it's really all about. Sometimes at Easter time, we can lose what it's really all about. Easter eggs and Woolies and Coles had them out about two years ago in preparation. We were just buying Christmas presents and they're trying to sell us Easter eggs. But what is it really all about? And that's kind of what John is saying to this group of people. He's saying, hey, I'm Grandpa John. I don't got time for this. Listen. Dear friends, let us love one another. For love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God. Why? Because God is love. This is how. How did God show His love. John says, hey guys, this is how. This is how God showed His love among us. He sent His one and only Son into the world that we might live through Him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. The core of Christianity is love. Amen. We could go home right there. What is it all about? John is saying, guys, shut up. The core of Christianity is love. That's the why. We live in a world where we can be quite confused about God. 
You know, confusion like, like uh, messages we hear that maybe, you know, when you find God, He solves all your problems. When you find God, He makes you rich. Oh, you know what? When you find God, He'll make you poor. You know, God will make you crazy. God will make you boring. People, people live in confusion about God. Is God old? You know, is He just some old dude in a far off distant land, looks like Gandalf? <laughs> is God angry at everybody? Uh, pointing His finger. Uh, is God the universe just floating around? You know? Is He in the trees? Is He in the animals? Is God everything? Is, is God the universe? Who is this God? Is, is, is God a mist? Is God just a concept? I don't know if you've ever called somebody by the wrong name. Have you ever, ever done that? Okay, a few people, the rest of you are leaving me up here. I get it, it's fine. You've done it. I know you have. Uh, you did it to me last week. Um, but so funny. I, I, I knew this this young man, and I still know him, which is great. Um, but I, I met him, and somehow I heard that his name was Declan. So I said, hi, Declan. And he smiled. He said, hi. I said, how's your week, Declan? And he said, really good, thanks. For three years. <laughs> Pastor Patrick, for three years. Every time I saw him, hi Declan, good to see you Declan. Hi Declan, you're a legend. Declan, you're a legend. You're a ledge. Get on your Declan. And one day, somebody comes up to me and says, oh, how good's Bodie? I said, who's Bodie? I said, this is Bodie. I said, no, it's not, it's Declan. No, no, it's Bodie. I said, shut up, it's Declan. And then I looked at him and said, bro, what is your name? He said, Bodhi. <laughs> For three years, this joker didn't tell me his real name, just smiled, yeah. Declan, yeah, whatever. I guess, if you want. <laughs> but, but kind of with God, are we, are we confused about his name? Are we confused about who he really is? Thinking is one thing, referring to Him as one thing, seeing Him as one thing, but He maybe is something else. John says, God is love. Have we got confused about who God is? Confused by what we see, thinking that that's what defines God, but the Word is what defines God. God is love. People can get it so mixed. God is not like love. You know, like, oh, God's, God's, like, how do you explain God? Oh, He's, he's like, you know, He's like love. <laughs> he's like really loving. No, 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 that's, that's kind of correct, but not really because God is love. It is exactly who He is, meaning that everything He does, everything He says, everywhere He goes, everything He's ever done in history, has been born out of who He is. God is love. It's how He describes Himself. It's how He defines Himself. It's who He is. And there's all types of references of love, but this is the real reference of love. It tells us in 1 Corinthians 13, 4-7. It says this, Love is patient. Love is kind. 
does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. The amazing thing is that if God is love, and real love is who God is, you can read that scripture like this, which will really change your perception. You could read it like this, God is patient, God is kind. God does not envy, God does not boast, God is not proud. God does not dishonor others, God is not self-seeking, God is not easily angered. God keeps no record of wrongs. God does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. God always protects. God always trusts. God always hopes. God always perseveres. God never fails. And sometimes we can get it mixed because because we have this wrong idea of God because God is, God is not a genie in a bottle. God is a father. So He'll treat you like a child and He'll parent you really well as a father. But if we have a wrong idea of God, sometimes we'll get it confused because sometimes God will withhold things from you that you want, think you need, but He withholds. The other day I, I walked into the kids' office and I was walked in there, there was an amazing lady called Stacy LaGreca. And I walked in and Stacy's in there with her beautiful daughter Briley. And Briley, she's gorgeous, but she is losing her mind. Okay, she is having a tantrum. Ah, you know, just going crazy. And I said, um, Stacy, you know, could you keep it down? No, I'm joking, I'm joking. I'm joking, I'm joking. I was very gracious. I walked in, I get it. And I said, you know, what do you do? Like, you know, believe in one day that we will be parents in Jesus' name. And um, I said, what do you do with this? Like when, you, when your child's chucking a tantrum, what do you do? She said, well, if I give her what she wants, I won't be able to give her what she needs. So in this moment, she's upset with me because I'm withholding what she wants. What she wants is to eat all those lollies. And I said, me too. (laughs) But what she needs is discipline and no in this moment, because that's gonna be what's good for her. So by withholding what she wants, it means I can give her what she needs. But if I just gave her what she wanted, I couldn't give her what she needs and that would be bad parenting. And isn't that sometimes like God, God is love, so that means everything He's doing is from love. That means if you're feeling like God is withholding something from you, it might be the sign, it might be the proof that He's a good Father because He loves you so much that He knows what you need right now. And what you need right now might not be what you want right now, but He is a good Good Father, God is love. The second thing you gotta know is that you are loved. God is love. You are loved. 
God didn't create you to give you jobs to do. I need some people to go and, you know, mow the lawns and fix up the earth. And God made you because of love. You are loved. It's funny how confident people are who know they're loved. Have you ever seen that? They just walk in the room and they have this swagger about them, this confidence about them because they, they know they're loved. My, my dad is a pharmacist, um, a chemist, and he, he owned, owned a chemist in Gordon. It was called Lee's Chemist. Genius. When I was a kid, I would walk in there. There would be a queue of people and I'd just walk in there like I owned the place. I just, I didn't even know what I was grabbing. Probably things I shouldn't. I'd just grab some Panadol, grab some grab some jelly beans and just grab stuff and grab whatever I wanted. Just grab medicine. Grab, and I just walk to the front, push in, put on the counter and say, Dad, get us some of these, you know. He said, you already own them. I said, that's right, because you're my dad. I own this place. I'd look around at people and I'd just push. I did whatever I wanted. And you know, I was a, probably a little brat, but, but, but I had this confidence because I knew my dad. It was his shop and he loves me. And he's got my back. You can live life because of what Jesus did on the cross, knowing that you are loved. When you look at the cross, don't just see a sacrifice, see love. It's the signpost, it's the signature of God's love on your life. You are loved. God is love. You are loved. Woo. And we are called to love. We're called to love. You know, like when you think of different people, there's associations. You know, you think of a surfer, you think of whatever, you know, long hair, whatever. You, you, <clears throat> you think of a, a gangster, you think of whatever. You think of a, a skater, you think of, you think of, you know, whatever, corporate, tradie, whatever. We have perceptions. When you think of a Christian, what do you think of? If it's not love, there's something wrong because the core of Christianity is love. We are called to love. And you can have truth, but if you do not have grace, it's not really truth at all. Because Jesus Christ came in grace and truth, equal measure of both. Not a little bit of grace and then a little bit of truth. Not, a, not an equal measure. Fully grace, fully truth. Truth is good, but it's not really truth without grace. We are called to love. John 13, 35, as I come to an end, says, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples. By what? By the way you attend church, by the way you lift your hands and worship, by love. That is the, the distinctive of who we are. Jesus didn't hang on the cross like this. He hung on the cross like this. Arms wide open. That whosoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. That's what this looks like. The Christian life 
should look like this. Our everyday, come on. If we're gonna clap, why not? I have, I have a friend and um, he uh, didn't grow up in a Christian home. He, um, he was, went to Oxford Falls Grammar School and he was in that school and he grew up and he was kind of very, um, you know, like just very unchristian, you know, like just whatever, whatever you think a Christian is, he was going out of his way to not be that, you know? And, uh, and he was always teasing anybody who was a Christian and, you know, making fun of people who were. And he was kind of like the Christian bully, you know? And then two girls decided that they were gonna pray for him. And they prayed for him. These are 15 year olds, prayed for my friend today, prayed for him for three months every day. Prayed for him, prayed for him, prayed for him. And every day he would, you know, take the mickey out of him, make fun of him, tease him. They pray, they pray, they pray, they pray. Three months of praying for him. One day they decided to buy him a gift. <laughs> Their own money, they just brought him a gift, say, hey, we're thinking of you, brought you a gift. We'd love to invite you to a thing called summer camp. He goes to summer camp, has an encounter with God, and God ch changes his life, transforms his life. And I'm not sure if you know who Mitch Hammond is, but today he is a fire preacher, pastor, leader. God is using him because two girls prayed for him every day for three months. Didn't, didn't get caught up judging him, didn't gossip about him, didn't get caught up in all the stuff going on, didn't have their opinion about him, they just prayed for him. The best thing we can do to love people is pray for them. Be generous, speak life into people, speak good things into people. We don't gossip. We don't talk behind people's back. We don't get caught up in silly things. We are big people. We are open-hearted people. We are generous people. We have a lot of grace, a lot of truth, but we have Jesus at the center. And if it was good enough for Jesus to be labeled friend of sinners, then it's good enough for us. Our, our hearts, our doors, our world, our connect group is open wide open for the city of Sydney, for our surrounding community. I don't know where you're at today, but I want you to know that Jesus died for you. Hebrews 12 verse two says, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame. And now is seated at the right hand of the Father. What was the joy? The joy that was set before him was you. You are His joy.